Hey world, we are Citywide Church, creating the largest soul-saving effort ever seen right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We would love to know how our ministry has touched your life. So if you have a couple of minutes, please send us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. Also, if you would like more information about us or about how to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be encouraged and stay blessed. So we're on this series called Church Hurt. How's everyone doing with, uh, with Church Hurt so far? Doing good? I believe it's shining some light in some dark places. And I believe that... Um, People are being healed, restored. So today I'm going to continue on church hurt. And the title of today's message, if you're going to take notes, by the way, if you take notes, you're at the front of the line in heaven. So if you're in a little thin on space, you might want to boost you up. It's like, a, it's like a cheap pass. They got six flags, you know, that little pass. You cut everybody. That's what happens. You go to heaven, the gates open up. And hey, hey, did you take notes? Oh, yes, you did. They give you the pass. You moved up. I swear. That's how it happens. I seen it in a vision. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. I love you guys. So church, we're speaking about church, and today's title is, Are You Hurt or Hurting? Are You Hurt or Hurting? Are You Hurt? Are You Phantom Hurt? That's what we're going to speak about. Are you saying you're really hurt, but you're really not hurt, a phantom hurt? Are you hurt or hurting, hurting, are you hurting the body of Christ because you acting up? Because you're saying you hurt. We're going to pray. We're going to pray really quick. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you. We know that you're here in this place. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you direct every word. Whatever you please to do, Lord, you do today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I had the opportunity to work with Caribe um, Baseball Youth League or leaders. Ooh, for Caribe, right? And my first day there was interesting. I was working with Manny. He's my boss now. Ah, right? I can't even call out if I wanted to. Like, he's going to see me at church. <laughs> and uh, so we're there, and he's like, Jonathan, you're... Your job title is off, uh, on-site coordinator, a.k.a. security guard. So I'm like, cool, let's go. I'm ready to roll. Let's go. You know, I got combat boots on just in case. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I was just dressed down, went over there, had a little polo. Boom, I show up. Awesome. I love baseball. Why not watch baseball as a job? That's a no-brainer, right? Why you watch sports? Like, now I can watch sports all the time. My, my wife can't yell at me. So... And I'm getting paid to do it. That's a plus. So it's a little part-time. I'm doing that with Manny. And on my first day, um, there's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a finals game. You know, it's a finals game. So whoever wins kind of wins the championship. So let's just say it was an intense atmosphere. Not even with the players. It was mostly with, with the parents. You know, it was like one side over here, one side over there. And they were like, yeah, let's go. Right? So our job is to make sure that 
the, the parents or the fans are not saying anything, any negative words towards the children. That whatever they say is just to build up or just to cheer on. So Manny a few times had to go and say to one of the teams, hey, keep it down. Or make sure you don't say that again. And they kind of didn't like that, right? But Manny's big, like, so he's just like, don't say that anymore. And they, okay, right? But I can tell they were kind of rolling their eyes and things like that. So it's, it was a great game because two teams are like going back and forth. They're scoring, they're scoring. And it's like 5-5 five, five now, two outs. And they play seven innings instead of nine. So it's like the bottom of the seventh. Home team is up. Base is loaded. Right? And this kid shows up. He's like 90 pounds soaking wet. And he's the one up to bat. So his parents and, and, and his team, his fans are encouraging him. They're like, go. Ah, you can do it. Do it. Yeah. We're here for you. Right? And the other team's like talking crap the whole time. That little guy ain't doing nothing. This is the rated G version. <laughs> this little guy ain't doing. You can fill in the blank. Right? So they're going back and forth. And I was kind of laughing about it. I was like, yo, this is, this is too funny. And the kid is up there and strike one. Right? And then all of a sudden the pitcher throws like three balls. Like, so now it's like three and one. Either he can walk and, and win the game. Right? All of a sudden, the pitcher, yeah. Strike two. Now it's full count. Bases loaded. Bottom to seventh. Like, this is what you dream of right here as a kid. To hit the game winner. So the parents start going crazy. You can do it. And the kid is like, I kid you not, dude. Like, he's like 90 pounds, like, with, like, cement blocks on his shoes. It's a little kid. He's up there like this. And the coach turns around and says, hey. Shut up. You're making him nervous. Right? And it's funny because he kind of said what Manny was saying, like, yo, keep it down. Right? So the kids can actually have a good game. But they were offended. And they kept on doing it, and now the coach has to say it. Shut up. You're making him nervous. And he goes around, jeez. Right? I was like, ooh, that's what you get. <laughs> So then, the kid, like, he steps out of the batter's box, and he kind of, like, gets himself together. His side, his fans, his parents, and all that, they, they kind of, like, toned it down, right? So now he's like, all right. And I kid you, now this little kid <clears throat> cracks the ball towards right field in the gap and hits a double game winner. They start going berserk. Ah, like, the little kid's running in the field. Yeah. They're trying to catch him, but he's so little. Like, they're trying to catch him. It's so funny. They're trying to catch him. to try to do like a little pile thing. And he's like, yeah, like running around. And finally catch him. And they got a little champagne, a.k.a. apple cider from Price Right. And they're pop, popping bottles. And, you know, it, it was, yeah, right? And they're having a good old time. And it's funny because I thought about church. And I thought about how sometimes instead of helping the church, we're actually hurting the church. Because something was told to us and now we're offended, right? Or, and my friend does, offended. And instead of, we, we think we're doing the right thing, we're actually really hurting the church the same way those fans were actually hurting their team. 
And that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit. It's about that. It's about how sometimes our phantom hurt, a.k.a. the hurt just not really there just because we're offended, is actually hurting the body of Christ. It's actually hurting our team from hitting the game winner. We're going to go to Acts chapter 10, verse 9 through 16. They may have it on, on the screens. I'm not sure. They may not. But I'll read a little bit. And it says, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing, he fell into a trance, a.k.a. like a vision mode. And saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. And there were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. Some versions say in it there was unclean and clean animals. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Get your grub on. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, that's important, by no means, Lord, capital L, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, what God has made clean, do not call unclean or common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up, or the sheet was taken up at once to heaven. And the sheet was taken up. And, and today's sermon is presented as a question to you. Are you hurt? Are you phantom hurt? Are you hurting the body of Christ? Are you nursing a phantom hurt that is hurting the body of Christ? And phantom meaning it's something imaginary, a figment of the imagination. Do you have phantom hurt because you were challenged in your sin? Or in how you were serving? Or maybe you just don't like submitting to leadership. But you chose to be offended because you're being challenged to move from a place that's comfortable to uncomfortable from complacent to actually start growing and maturing and developing in your walk with Christ. Be because if the truth be told, some of us are not church hurt because of a negligent act of a pastor or a minister or a Christian. We have phantom hurt because we were challenged by a pastor or a leader who admonished you, a.k.a. instructed you in the truth of God. And since you're in love with your sin or you don't like submitting to authority or like or maybe you like serving with a minimum mentality. You give God the rest instead of your best type of thing. You choose to be offended and build a guard up and say, I'm church hurt now. And you play the, the role of the victim instead of the victor, victor, instead of the triumph one. And isolate yourself so you won't have to be accountable for your actions. That's, that's a thought there. Are you hurt because something you love and God hates, you have allowed to be a part of your body now, a part of your temple. And when instructed in God's word, through God's word, you know that something you love, you will have to amputate, to cut off. And phantom pain 
phantom hurt, phantom pain. Since our sensations, phantom pains are sensations described as perceptions. That's powerful. As perceptions. That an individual experience is relating to a limb that's not physically part of the body. Are you saying, ouch, I'm hurt? Because what God is telling you to cut off or stop doing, you're saying, ouch, too? Because if you cut it off, you kind of like it, and the ouch really comes because you don't want to give that up? Do you have phantom hurt because of challenge towards your sin, but you don't want to cut it off? Are you hurt because a pastor actually did his job to watch over your soul? Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. As those who will give an account, they're actually just doing their job because one day when they go up to the heavenly gates, God is going to say, all right, you know all the people I gave you at Citywide? Well, how do you take care of them? That, that's kind of intimidating. Are you church hopping or mad at a pastor or a leader that was doing his job to watch over your soul because one day he, would just have, he will have to give that account about your actions, not only his actions, but your actions. Has there been a call for you to walk in the power of God, in the truth of Jesus, and you have denied the invitation? That's a thought. That truth has knocked on your door, on the door of your heart, and you have not opened. It's God. <laughs> yeah, because in the movies, he always has like a deep voice. Is he knocking on the heart of your door and you're denying the invitation? Has truth knocked on your door and you're saying, uh-uh, not here? In the previous verses we read about Peter, we see the Lord is speaking to Peter, but he gets offended of what the Lord is telling him to do. In verses 14, 15, and 16, we see this because three times in the story, Peter addresses the person who's speaking as Lord, capital L, meaning he knows that it was God speaking to him. He recognized the voice. And three times, he rejects the Lord's instruction because the Lord is approaching him with a new revelation, new truth, but Peter wants to hold on to what he knows and what he feels is right. But God's direction is bigger than men's traditions. It's bigger than our cultures. It's bigger than, than what we grew up with listening or learning. It's bigger than that. And, and what Peter was holding on was really to a tradition, a traditional mindset. Eating certain animals were forbidden for Peter. Back in the day in the Jewish law, they could only eat of certain animals. They were considered clean and unclean. So Peter is holding on to this traditional view and he's holding on to it because he's comfortable with it and comfortability doesn't demand pressing or stretching. But we have to be aware that God always prunes first before he desires something to grow. Phantom hurt is caused by truth being avoided. Point number one, I'm going to do Three points. I'm trying to be like my little brother. <laughs> I hate doing this, but I'm trying to honor the man of God. Point number one, truth only hurts when avoided. 
The Bible teaches us that truth aims at love. Truth is love. 1 Timothy 1.5 says, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart in good conscience and sincere faith. No, you have to note this, that instruction here is not the goal, but love is. Could it be that the root of your phantom hurt is a lack of misunderstanding of true, unconditional love? 1 Corinthians 13.6 says, love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Some virgins say evil, but rejoices with the truth or in the truth. Love is glad when truth is spoken. Therefore, love aims at truth. It supports truth. Love shapes how we speak the truth. If what a pastor or what a pastor is saying is not calling me to sin, but to repentance, that's truth and love. If it's biblically grounded, that's truth and love. If it draws you closer to God and away from the old you, that's truth and love. If it's doing away with the old man, that old man, that east side man, and allowing a new nature, a godly nature to flourish, that's truth and love. If what the pastor, the leaders, our leaders are telling us allows your faith to grow, that's truth and love. We have to keep on hearing that word that is coming out of love, that is coming out of truth, that is coming out of the man of God. Because even if it's encouraging our faith, that's a great thing. Because Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by what? By hearing. And hearing through the word of Jesus Christ. Don't allow your phantom hurt to produce hollow faith. Because faith is described as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it's great because by faith, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt on dry ground. They crossed their sea. That's a miracle within a miracle because we know when, when the tide gets low at seaside, the, the ground is always wet. Right? You see the little shells and the little, you're like, hey, right? <laughs> but they crossed, the Bible says that the sea, the Red Sea opened up and they crossed. That was a miracle within itself. I, I just imagine this, the Red Sea split it and you're walking down the middle of it and all you see is like Willie, like from Free Willie, the orca. That is crazy. You see like a blue whale or shark, you know, like fishes all over. And you're like, wow, like the first aquarium I ever built was there at the Red Sea. That's what happened. <laughs> and they walked on dry ground. That's, that's a miracle within a miracle. That, that's how God works. He works within a miracle in a miracle. That's what he does. And then when the Egyptians tried to do the same, they were drowned. We know about that a little bit because sometimes we've taken a road, other people fell behind us, and we're still living. We took a licking but still ticking. By faith, walls of Jericho were brought, brought down and after they were circled for seven days. This is by faith. Gideon, Samson, Samuel, and the prophets through faith that did so much. Kingdoms were conquered, enforced, justice was enforced, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouth of lions, they quenched the power of fire, they escaped the edge of the sword, they were made strong out of their weaknesses, they were weak in war, but then they became mighty in war, they put foreign armies to flight. Don't allow your phantom hurt to produce a hollow faith because we need faith in this war. Because it is by faith 
that we are righteous. And I want to ask you a question. Maybe if you don't feel so righteous, it might be because you have some hollow faith. Because it's a position. It's not something you have to work at. It's a position that the Apostle Paul is talking about there. Don't allow phantom hurt to produce a hollow faith. Because the way you process your hurt will determine your character. And ultimately affect your purpose. Because purpose is built on character. Church, don't allow your phantom hurt to affect your purpose. Don't allow your, your offendiveness to remove the anointing of God. To hinder the fullness of what God has for you. The scripture says that Peter three times rejected the Lord. And then the sheet was removed. The sheet representing the mantle, the covering of God for new purpose. The sheet representing chosen by God. The sheet representing covering and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Walking in the power and the truth of the Holy Spirit. We see all times, you see in Joseph back in the day that the father, he created a tonic, a linen, a sheet. And it was poured over, poured over him because they know that he was, what, a chosen one. The sheet was removed from Peter in the vision. And I believe with all my heart, since Peter did not take advantage of the opportunity that God was giving him at that moment. Because I believe with all my heart that what God was trying to do was show him that the unclean back in that day was not only towards animals, but they considered people outside the Jewish faith as unclean. And I believe that when, when God was telling them, the Lord was telling them, Hey, eat of that. What's telling him also, hey, preach the gospel not only to your own, but to those others, the Gentile nation. Preach to what you considered unclean and uncommon because I'm doing a new thing. And I believe with all my heart, since Peter did not take advantage of the opportunity to preach the gospel of grace to the unclean, also representing the, the Gentiles, which is the majority of the church today, God had to give it to someone else. And that someone else is Paul. Because in a few chapters later, chapter 13, verse 2, later we see Paul after fasting and, and worshiping, he's called into ministry. And he is the one that reaches most of the Gentiles with the gospel of grace. And he is the one that writes about a third of the New Testament, dedicated mostly to the new church. The ones who at one time were considered unclean, the Gentiles he is preaching now to. I believe that when the sheet was removed, at that moment, the anointing to do what, Peter, what Paul was going to do was originally for Peter. Remember, remember this, church, that the thing with opportunity is that it can always be restored, but it can never be regained. You may get another, another opportunity, but you will never get this opportunity, that opportunity that presents itself right there in that special moment. That's why earlier I said... In the presence, when we abide in the presence of God, the clear healing, because that's the opportunity right there. Opportunities can be restored, but not regained. Because even though Peter did finally, he, he got what God was trying to say when you keep to continue to read the story of Peter, he gets it. But another one was already sent. He restored the opportunity, but he didn't regain the opportunity. What is the cause of being offended? What is the cause? Are we going to allow the sheet to be removed? 
and that opportunity right there. And God had to call someone in, and then when you get it, he'll still bless you, you know. He'll still restore that opportunity, but you'll never regain the same one. What is the cost of being offended? Point number two. You choose between your heart being offended or your heart being mended. How much are you willing to lose? What will you lose? Allowing your heart to be offended in phantom church to take dominion over your life, you're literally pausing the calling of God over your life. We can see another illustration of this in Saul, the King Saul, 1 Samuel 15, 20. Because the Bible says that King Saul, after not obeying instructions of God several times, the prophet Samuel came down with truth, correction, and direction. And instead of King Saul being humbled and, and repenting, he gets puffed up with pride. And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on. The mission on which the Lord has sent me, I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took up the spoil, sheep and oxen, the rest of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight And burnt offering, burnt offering and sacrifice, he says, obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. It is better to listen than the fat of rams. And what's going on here is that King Saul is basically, basically saying, I'm doing what the Lord called me to do. But he did it partially. He did it partially. You know that, that minimum mentality? You give God the rest and not your best. So that's why the, Samuel, the, the prophet Samuel says, obedience is better than sacrifice. You did what you were called to do partially. This verse is very key because then it says, verse 24 says, Then Saul said to Samuel, have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. Verse 25 says, now I beg you. He's talking to the, to the prophet now. Forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Verse 26 says, but Saul said to him, I will not go back with you. And check these key words out. You have rejected the word, the word of the Lord. And the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. Pause on the calling. pause on the calling because he decided to get phantom hurt about something and even when he was approached about it, he didn't say the complete truth about it. If he could have just repented and said, dang, you know what, I got to do better, it may have been a different story instead of pause on the calling. Verse 30, Saul replied, I have sinned but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me. He's speaking to the prophet again. So I may worship the Lord your God. And it's crazy because throughout these conversations with the king Saul and, and the prophet Samuel, Samuel, Saul was more concerned about ha having Samuel's 
visible presence, as a show of support in front of people. Instead of mending his heart, repairing his heart, he was more concerned of looking right than being right. Is your phantom church hurt? Is it allowing you to, to kind of come into church, having the look of church? And not having the fullness of God's presence? Having it almost like on, on, on slow, you know? Pausing the calling, like, you know how nowadays we, we can fast forward and it's like, I'm offended at God. And, and now, God is almost like, man, what are you doing? Like, I can't let you walk into that greatness with that heart. We can't be more concerned with the look of having God in our life. We need him all in our life. Even the things that we don't like, we can give to him. And he can remove. We need God in our life and mending, mending and repairing of our hearts so he can do work through us. This whole conversation that King Saul is having with the prophet Samuel, it's really selfish. And, and there, there's nothing, uh, he, he, he's really trying to manipulate the conversation for self-gain so when he goes out to the people, he can still look like, hey, I got it. Is your phantom hurt allowing you to look like you have it, but you, but you don't? Is your phantom hurt pausing stuff in your life or delaying stuff in your life? That's important. Like the Apostle Paul says, it's good to re-examine ourselves. Because it's not that God that, that, that wanted to pause, put pause on, on him being the king. It's that the way his heart was working, certain things had to be delayed or, or put on pause. Or even Peter, the sheet had to be removed. Point number three. Calling unclean what God declares clean limits our harvest. What are we limiting in the body of Christ with our phantom hurt? What, what are we, we, we limiting because anytime God, God wanted to bless something, he needed a clean thing. He needed a clean thing to continue the work of God. Well, where's our heart at? What is it pausing? What is it slowing down? Calling unclean what God declares clean limits our harvest. And it's crazy because even though King Saul was rejected or fired as king, he still stayed king for many more years after that. He wasn't immediately removed. The, the grace of God still allowed Saul to be king. In a sense, it still allowed him to, to reap almost like a harvest, but it, was, it wasn't the fullness or the full harvest. It was a limited harvest. What, what are we limiting 
Are, are we, because of a phantom hurt, hurting the church and, not, and now allowing a limited harvest instead of the fullness of the harvest? And, and the limited harvest is not the same with the fullness of the harvest because, because when, when you're in the fullness of God, there's joy and there's peace. And King Saul, even though he was rejected right there in that moment, he still stayed king. He still stayed king, right? But it wasn't in the fullness of God because there wasn't too much peace and joy after that. God's plan reaches beyond, beyond our offenses. He sees the potential past our pain and he calls us according to our potential not our pain he sees us for who we are in him not who I am do we have a phantom hurt because we are not looking ourselves through the eyes of Christ so we choose to be offended and not only are we hurting ourselves but we're hurting the body of Christ we're limiting the harvest. And God's grace is so good because like, like King saw there, it wasn't like, he was kind of like, you're done. Delete, like, it wasn't deleted, right? It was like, no. He was still there, but there was a limit to his harvest after that. Even the king after that, when he was confronted with a Goliath, he knew, guess what? He knew he didn't have the fullness of God upon him, so it brought fear upon him so he couldn't defeat the giants. How many giants are we not defeating because there's limited harvest? What we're allowing, we're saying, God, literally, we're saying, God, I'm offended. I have this phantom church. And it's not really that we're church or it's that we really don't want to let something go that God is telling us to let go. So now we're blaming everyone else besides us. We're pointing a finger and then four fingers are, are in my case, almost three. I broke almost all my fingers, but fingers are pointing back at us. And we're, we're oh, I'm not doing this, I'm serving this way because somebody said this or Pastor Lewis said this and Pastor John said this and now I'm no, no. Let's examine ourselves and kind of say, hey, you may have a point. This hurt it may not be really real. It may be the truth is knocking at our door saying, hey, I want to do more with you than what you think and there's stuff you just got to let go of. just stuff you got to let go of. Pastor, how though? How do I, do I let this phantom hurt go because now I've kind of like been approached and now I'm kind of feeling some type of way because what I like to do now, you know, you and Pastor Lewis and I guess it's God now telling me, you know, I can't be doing that stuff no more. So, so what do I do? I'm glad you asked the question. I'm glad. Because there's really not much you can do. A, a few things. Uh, repentance, meaning you, you turn away from it. That's one. 
Meaning you have the desire to turn away from it. Meaning you say, hey God, like I, I broke this down in the small groups the other day and I said, my prayers sometimes have been this. God, I love doing this. I, I, God, like I, this is real stuff. This is sometimes my prayer to God. God, this right here, I feel good when I do this. But I know you don't like it. So God, um, in this conversation that we're having, since you love me before I loved you, before I know you, I'm going to ask you to do something within my life, within my heart, and is uh, give me your heart. Give me your heart for the stuff that you love and give me your heart for the stuff that you hate. And God is so amazing because it's so amazing because now when we turn to God in that mentality and we're repenting, we're saying, God, I really don't want this in my life. Now, and we continue reading the word, it, it, we start realizing that, guess what? There's a lot of love coming from up there. And we start realizing that it's, it's not based off of work, but more of position, that I'm a son of Jesus, that I'm a son of the living God. So I, I'm going to give you an illustration on what do I do so I won't have a phantom hurt or so I won't be offended when I'm, somebody's trying to correct me in love, right? Because then I realize that I can not only hurt myself with the body of Christ, I'm limiting the harvest. I, I'm going to give you a little illustration. Jamie, can you come up here real quick? J-Rock, come here. Come on, put your hands together for Jamie McDean. Because um, in my own life, my wife, she's like, what are you doing? You're undressing me. Don't worry, girl. I'll dress you later, too. <laughs> I'm married. I could do that. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm boasting about me and my wife. So, check this out. A little, little fruity here, but it's okay. A little flowery, I mean. So, Check this out. Remember that um, going back to Peter, there, there was something removed. Remember the sheep, right? We, we don't want that to happen, right? Because we don't want limited harvest, right? We want God to heal our hearts, and we don't want to avoid truth because truth comes in love, right? Okay, we got that. So, Pastor John, what do you do not to be offended, not to have phantom hurt, so you won't limit stuff in your life, so God won't have to pause stuff in your life and call somebody else and then by the time I get it, it's kind of like, ah, oh, I got it, but that there could have been much more. What are you doing, Pastor John? I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. So, because I am a son of God, right? And I have certain, I have bad habits, right? And I'm praying to God and saying, hey, God, like, I really don't want this limited harvest. I want the fullness I don't want to reject your word like Peter did three times. I don't want to reject your word like, like King Saul did. Give me your heart. Let me love what you love. So literally what I do is now this is going to represent um, the old me. 
Let's just say this. This is going to represent um, guild me for now, right? This is going to represent the stuff that I like doing. Let's put that. Um, this is going to represent when, when I want to curse somebody out. Because they've they, they done some stuff, said some stuff, and you just, they just pray, playing silly. And you just want to give them a one, two right across, like, right? This is going to represent when, um, when, 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 like, I'm at home and I got to be a, a husband to my wife and, and love her unconditionally, and I feel like she's acting up, right? I got the mic, if I can say that. Brothers, I'm good. Pastor Lewis ain't home. I'm sleeping here tonight. We're good. Nah, I'm just kidding. But this is going to represent, like, what I really want to say, like, intentionally, like, hurt feelings type of thing. Like, you know, like, we're arguing, right? Because couples do that. Let's be real, right? Well, this is a family meeting. Now you're fighting. <laughs> you're fighting, bro. It's cool. It happens. Right? And then, um, you know, I'm fighting with wifey, let's just say. I'm arguing with her. And she has, like, like 0.1, 0.2, like Pastor Lewis, like. Point number one, Jonathan, I think that um, we need to spend more quality time, right? And I'm looking like, quality time? Like, boring, like, right? Can we just, I don't know, love each other by touching each other, girl? Like, I'm good with that, right? Anyways, but then I'm like, uh, she's saying stuff, and in my mind, I'm calculating my response, like, in my mind, why is she going off with point one, point two, point three? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna say something too then. You know what she's done? I'm like, hey, babe, I'm glad you called this family discussion together because I have some stuff I have to get off my chest too. You know, it's been a hard week for me also. She's like, really, babe? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, talk to me. What's going on? And I'm like, you know, you're trying to put stuff together. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know if you've ever done this. Well, uh. I hate when uh, you come out the shower and your feet are still wet. You leave a trail path and when I step on it, my socks are wet now. Stop doing that. It's so annoying. Stop. <laughs> and she's looking at me and probably saying like, you're so emotional. And I'm like, no, I'm not emotional. I'm just passionate about stuff. There's a difference, girl. You better stop that. Right? So th this is representing like, like, Stuff that you really want to say to people, but you know you got the tongue, right? This is representing old habits of mine, you know, old habits, um, sexual morality, addictions, whatever it may be, you know, lying, right? The gift of God. Now nah, you lying. <laughs> Stop lying. So, all that stuff is on Pastor John. Like, well, what do you do, Pastor John? not to have a limited harvest. And, and literally, this is all I can do. Is come before God and say, here I am with all of this on me. And I noticed that when we're in his grace and that presence, it, it, many may not know, it may be like a, like a churchy word, like that grace word, but or when you feel the anointing of God, that's a churchy word, right? Or you're under the spirit, right? That's another churchy word. But all it literally is meaning that is like, yo, you feel, you can't even describe it. Like you feel stuff that wasn't even there. Like you feel joy and peace and restoration and, and freedom, right? In God's presence, you feel that stuff. 
He's evident when he does that. And you look back upon your life and you'll say, dang, man, I should have never made it out of that, but I did make it out of that. Hey, my boy Jamie, you should have never had that job, but you got that job, right? And in God's and in God's presence, that's why it's great not to deny the gathering of the brethren because the presence of God is so tangible in this place that stuff can happen. Don't don't make excuses not to come to Sundays. There's only 52 Sundays in the year. Come on, I only missed about two a year, so there's 50. Do that, right? There's power in His presence, and literally, um, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Okay, this is me. I'm worshiping God's presence. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, God, I'm a mess. And uh, there's just stuff, some, stuff, some stuff that you call unclean, but I'm calling clean. There's some stuff that you're calling clean and I'm calling unclean. It's just a mess, God. But I don't want the limited harvest. I don't want the pause. I don't, I don't want none of that stuff. So I'm in his presence, and all I do is worship his name, right, like we do here. And all of a sudden, without me even realizing, as I'm worshiping his name, as I'm engaging in relationship with him, as I'm being intentional about my my decisions in the morning, you know, trying to pray a little more, trying to read the Bible, even though I don't understand it, but I'm calling somebody and saying, hey, listen, I don't understand this. Can you break this down? Is there a different translation? I'm being intentional now about my relationship with God. Right, and, and literally, like that's all I'm doing. It's just praying, saying, "God, can can you give me your heart for what you love, and can you give me your heart for for what you don't desire in my life? Give me that heart. That's all I'm doing. It, it's just trying to be in His presence. Just you know, being more intentional and, instead of going to work with 97.1. It's it's K Love now. It's Elevation. You know, worship. It's it's the podcast for Pastor Lewis. It's stuff like that. Trying to build relationship, and literally, this is what's happening while I'm doing that, without me even knowing. It's coming off without me even having to remove it. It's removing itself. And, and sometimes they may be a little, a little leftovers, right? You know, because, because God cleaned up this side. God cleaned up this side, but now there's still this side. And, and get, what do you do, Pastor John? Raise up your hands. You worship. You stay in his presence. You seek him. You seek him. How do I seek him? Listen, keep on coming on Sundays. Keep on coming on Wednesdays. And join a small group. Build your calendar around him, right? But I don't know how to pray good because I, I don't know how to pray either. I just talk to him. I just try to build a relationship with him. My conversations are literally like I told you about. Hey, God, listen, I like this. You don't like this. Help me. That's my That's me praying. And that's, as I've continued to grow that relationship with God, I've, I've developed more of a, of, a, of, a, of a yearning for prayer. I've developed more of a yearning to seek his face throughout the Bible. And now when I read the word, I see Jesus all over. I see Jesus in the Old Testament. I see Jesus in the New Testament. I see Jesus in the prophets. I see Jesus when Abraham, you know, had to sacrifice his only begotten son, the promise. Oh, wait a minute. That's a picture of father God trying to sacrifice his son for us but then there was salvation there and there's salvation now and I see Jesus all over I see when Jesus you know what was was all the, the heavens were open and said my good and faithful servant oh guess what I'm in the place of Jesus so I'm a good and faithful servant this is awesome this is great I see Jesus now all over the place Joseph when I'm reading the book of Joseph in the Old Testament I see the tonic of of many colors you know over him and then I see that guess what there's 
colors on there and I see that the blood goes on all the colors and meaning that that's what all colors all, all nations all, all nations need Jesus everybody all ethnicities all races they need Jesus I see Jesus all over the place now I see Jesus in baseball games. I see the love of the Father through my son. I, I, it, it's a relationship that we're building and literally that's all I'm doing is just building a relationship. Sometimes I don't even know how, but I'm just trying to do my best. But guess what? When your son gives you the best, you honor that as a parent, right? So guess what? When you're loving God the best way you know how, you're signing up for small groups, you're coming on Sundays, you're doing Wednesday night prayer, he's honoring that. He's saying, Dad, son, I love you so much. This is so amazing. I'm so happy that you're seeking me. And guess what? You have to do nothing for this stuff to continue to fall off. Because now what's happening is you're loving on him so much and you're encountering his love. It is his love that draws me to repentance. It is his love that overcomes evil. It is his love. So as I'm engaging in this truth and in love, what's going on now is that even when this stuff wants to come back on, it's like a, it's like a, it's like, I get off me. It's not the same no more when, 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 you know, when I want to smoke or drink or, or talk bad or, or be, you know, involved in sexual morality. And stuff. It's not the same no more. Get off me because I can't even sin right anymore because I've encountered too much of his love, too much of his forgiveness. What is this love that, that reaches down to me? It is a love that is unexplainable. No author has been able to, to describe it. So it's just love that's unconditional. It's, it's, it's further than, than the depths of the sea. It is his love. And literally what I do all the time is just I try to engage in relationship with him so this stuff can just continue on falling off because the truth is I can't take this stuff off myself. I can. Thank you, Bobby. I can. So I decided to have a mended heart instead of an offended heart. I decided not to avoid truth anymore because we worship him in spirit and truth. And I decided not to deny truth in my life. And when Pastor Lewis has to correct me or anybody else has to correct me, I take with open arms knowing that I'm not going to delay nothing in my life. And that's literally all I can do is just, hey, can I get to know you, God? Can you mend my heart? Can you repair my heart? Can you help me not avoid the truth? Can you help me, God, cut some stuff off that you want me to cut off? God, because I don't want to hurt the church. I don't want to pause what God is trying to do in citywide. I don't want to pause, God, what you're doing in my life. I don't want to pause it, God. I don't want a limited harvest. I want the fullness of the harvest. I want all your love, all your joys, all your peace when I'm working for you and in you, God. I don't want to feel like I have to work. I want to work for the kingdom of God. Things are not a yoke anymore where it's more of a, of a want instead of a I have to. That there's no exhaustion in the presence when you abide in the presence of God. Today's a challenge, church. It's a, it's a call to action. Are we phantom hurt? Are we church hurt? When we're really not, it's just offended. 
because God is calling us for more, not less. And is that phantom hurt hurting the body of Christ? And and only you can ask yourself that question. I'm going to take it even a step further. Phantom hurt will hurt the private areas of your life. You know, the, the stuff inside the house when nobody's looking. Because sometimes it's easy to be a Christian in public but not in private when no one's looking because you could feel they could get away with some stuff, saying some stuff, doing some stuff that you know you're not supposed to be doing. But what do we do simply? Engage in relationship with him. He'll take it off. He's the healer. He's the one that will put things back together. He's the one that will take our chaos and organize it for great things. He's the one. We're going to pray together. Can you stand up on your feet, church? Are you hurt or are you hurting the body of Christ? Are you, do you have a phantom hurt? hurting the body of Christ well what are you what are you saying you know how Peter said no Lord three times what are you saying no to the Lord about because it's a, it's a little uncomfortable I, I want to pray because I believe that at this day and age what God wants to do is supernatural stuff it's supernatural stuff. And I want everybody here, everyone here has a purpose, by the way. You are not a mistake. Men may commit a mistake, but not, not, not God. You have purpose. And, and, and my, the desire of my heart is that you walk in the fullness of your purpose. Not in just some of it, but all of it. of his strength and of his joy not some of it but all of it that we're taking and engaging in opportunities that the Lord has given us now not later and, and the great thing is that if, if that like, like me I, I've done that in my life you know not, not taking advantage of all the opportunities that God has given me the great thing is that guess what still went out and preached the gospel after that. He kind of got it and said, oh man. And he did great things. There's no reason for us to stay stuck. That's what I'm saying. He may want to prune a little bit. Like, you know, like we do plants and flowers and things like that, and they, they do it with trees. They prune stuff off, dead stuff, so the tree can continue on growing. I, I learned that with my wife because when when Elaine comes and cuts her hair, she'd be like, man, pelo tan muerto, this hair is dead. Right? Like the ends, right? What you call it? The tips or whatever it is? La punta, la punta. Cortame la punta. Cut the ends, girl. Just the ends. Because huh? I like it long. <laughs> right? 
But in order for her long, for, turn around real quick so I can see your, your hair, how beautiful it is. Right? In order for it to be continue, to continue to grow healthy, there's some stuff that got to get cut off. Because she's limiting growth in her hair when, when there's dead stuff there. We got we to gotta snip, snip, prune some stuff, cut some stuff off. And guess what? That's okay because he desires the best for you. There's no scraps in God. He, does, he prepares a table for you. There's, there's a fullness there. There's, there's dinner plates and all things and things are in the oven cooking up for you. And it's just like, hey, are you ready to come and sit down to have dinner? He's preparing stuff for you. There's not, this ain't fast food stuff. This takes time to develop. Like good meals, they take time to develop. You're in the kitchen for two to three hours and, and it's hot in there, but, but it's okay because we know that that tastes a lot better than a, a McChicken just with mayonnaise from for McDonald's. Again, amen. Amen. For all my people that love eating. We, we want we, we, we a, a home-cooked meal. We want a home-cooked meal, not just the fast stuff. That's what the enemy wants to do. He just wants to give you fast stuff, artificial stuff, so you can feel full, but really, you're, you're hungry an hour later. That's, that's, that's what it's doing. That's what Phantom Hurt is doing. It's just filling it up for you just for a little bit. You're not getting the fullness of it. We're going to pray together. And you're going to pray for yourselves. And I'm going to pray with you and for you. We're going to pray together. And we're going to pray that, God, I want to step into the fullness of your calling for me. Not just all of it. Are we going to allow God permission? This is the question. Permission to enter our lives so much that what we know that he doesn't like and we like, that we're going to give him authority because he's a gentleman. He's going to knock. Are we going to give him all authority to remove those things because what you thought was the best for you, it really isn't. He has a lot more prepared for you. A lot better relationships, a lot better stuff for you. A lot, a, a lot better uh, 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 jobs, a lot better. When, when you start stepping into the fullness of God, favor just becomes a byproduct and stuff just starts opening up and there's a lot better stuff just for you. A lot better nights, a lot better days, a lot a lot more days full of joy and peace and laughter and even some stuff may not be even perfect but it's just a little crazy because we understand that through all the hell sometimes we can still see heaven in it that's what I'm talking about old habits going away letting God to, to cut God's sword so I can grow are we going to give God that authority because he can do it That's what he desires for his church. A hurt church can heal hurt people. We need to be in the fullness of his love, in the fullness of his healing. Come on, can we cry out with God together? Because I'm going to say this prayer with you and for you. Because I still need some cutting in my own life. A lot of stuff. Come on, in your own words right there, talk to God and say, God, it, it, I, I'm, I'm giving you room, God. And, and be aware, if you don't give him room, there might be some limited stuff in your life. Like we just explained, and, and, and I encourage you not to have limited stuff. We don't want limited editions of things. We want the fullness of things. And open up your mouth and cry out to God and say, hey, God, I'm here so you can take away. 
Give me your heart. Let me love what you love. Let me hate what you hate, God. I'm here, God. I'll, I'll stay in your presence. I'll make intentional decisions to hear more worship music and to hear more, more Bible reading because I know faith it, it increases when I keep on hearing the word of God. So I'll put on a little more podcast from Pastor Lewis and, and I'll hear this sermon over and over again to see what else you, you have to say for me. And you know what, God? You may have to cut off some relationships, some friends in your life that are just dragging you down. That, that may be a possibility. And God, I feel like I don't have the strength, but God, I know that in you I can have the strength to remove the individuals in my life that don't want the best for me because I know that you want the best for me God give me the strength God give me your heart God give me your love God come on come on church pray to the God that desires the best for you pray open up your mouth and pray talk to him call upon his name you are the one he loves you had direct access to him. You are the one that he desires. He doesn't frown upon you. He smiles down upon you like a good father. He loves you unconditionally. Come on. Praise the name of the liver. Call upon your father. Spirit of the living God, we call upon you in this place. Cut away the old and bring in the new. Cut away things, oh Father God, that I'm holding on to that are just hurting me and hurting the church. Come on, God, give me the strength to step in what you have called me to be, a son of the living King. Give me the courage, the boldness, the Father God, to be intentional about my relationships with you. Give me the courage and the boldness to walk into better and bigger and more power of the Holy Spirit flowing through my life. Because sometimes we're so conditioned to just bad stuff or just some some stuff and and just having like the bootleg versions of things and we're we condition our heart to say that's the best of things but God is saying no 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 there is more for you let me just snip snip let me just cut away let me just prune because I desire you to grow into the fullness of what I have predestined you and what I have created you to be spirit of the love you have all authority over my life God, you have all authority over my household, over this church, Father God. Look at every soul here that says, God, come in. Come in and operate. Come in and operate, God. We want to thank you again for listening to our podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon. If you would like to share how God may have blessed you through this message, please feel free to share your testimony on our Facebook page at Citywide Church. And while you're there, like our page for daily updates. You can also follow us on Instagram at Citywide Church. Just a reminder, if you would like more information about this ministry or how to support us financially, please visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. We hope you tune in next week to our podcast. Thank you again. Be encouraged. Stay blessed.